like I'm scrolling through Instagram and it's like Glenn Danzig's Christmas present wrapping skills are pretty good TBH and I'm like you know they're good they're, for you <laughs> I just like can't do it yeah and like with how creative of a person I feel like I am uh-huh because like I draw and shit uh-huh but I cannot hold paper yeah. Like, somebody gives me, like, oh, here's a piece of paper. Can you fold it in half? No. No, Becky. I, I can can't do, do it. <laughs> Becky. I can do, like, boxes. Like, it has to be in a box before I can wrap it. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, with, with the wrapping paper. Otherwise, it's going to get a bag situation because I'm not dealing with that. See, I just can't do it. Yeah. Like, I tried... just have a very low amount, like, a very low threshold with how much shit I'm gonna put up with to literally just put this present in another package right yeah it's just like every year I try and say you know what this is my year (laughs) this is my year (laughs) and I'm disappointed each time I feel like I gotta step up my game as like the cool aunt and like because I will bring the nieces and nephews like their presents and everything and I feel like they just gotta be like wrapped up cool aunt style but then again is the cool aunt the one who wraps up the presents like super cool or is the cool aunt the one who's just like here's this here's this thing here's this thing (laughs) in like last month's kroger bag (laughs) that i that i used it's a trader joe's bag that's so metal (laughs) but they'll love it anyways because i'm the cool aunt yeah i don't know it's just like it's like my, my standing as the cool aunt is untouchable. Yeah, you know, I don't know. It's just like every year I disappoint myself. <laughs> I disappoint myself every day. Baby. And it's like every year I like, and it's not as though, you know, I haven't received help. Yeah. Like millions have tried. <laughs> millions? Millions have failed. Exactly. <laughs> Fair enough. God. Um, but yeah, uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, bitches. Um, Um, This is coming to you after Christmas, though. It is, but it's Christmas week for us. Oh my god, Christmas is in five fucking days. Santa's coming! He's coming for you. Santa's... Uh, Hope you've been good. uh, Oh god. (laughs) I really don't want to think about the sweet, jolly Santa. (laughs) And then this is close. Oh god, I'd rather not. Happy holidays to all of you who do not believe... (laughs) in christ yeah or who do not celebrate uh-huh. christmas speaking happy xmas of, if you will speaking of so i believe last week we took a little poll Ooh, another little poll i love polls on our Give instagram um so it was only like three questions okay um on our poll um so the first one was do you celebrate any winter holidays yes or no mm-hmm. we had uh 18 votes and they were all yes okay solid what I expected. Yeah. Um, and then for the second question um, was, if yes, which one? Um, a, Christmas. B, Hanukkah. C, Kwanzaa. Or D, other. Um, and uh, the quiz results were 16 for Christmas, one for Hanukkah, okay. and uh, one for other. And I know who the other one is. It's my best friend who celebrates Yule. Nice. Oh, yes. Um, How does she celebrate Yule? Like, does she do... Like, so she and her mother, like, I, I saw her the other day, and I was mm-hmm. talking to her about that. Um, it depends on, like, their schedule, but mm-hmm. a lot of the times she and her mom will, like, lay out, like, offerings or, well, <laughs> it's Do funny. they drink a lot of ale and party? I mean, I don't think so, but no. she said, she said, you know what we do for Yule? We decorate a Christmas tree. Yeah. Because they stole that shit from us, and I was like, fuck yeah, you're right. There you go. Um, yeah, and then the last question was, if you do celebrate, do you also celebrate the quote-unquote religious aspect of said holiday? We had six votes for yes, and 12 votes for no. Cool. And I think that all but one for the votes for yes that do celebrate the religious implications, Mm -hmm. um, were for Christmas, and the other one was from my best friend who also celebrates Yule. So. Nice. Yeah. So thank you all so much for participating yes. in that. I I enjoy receiving real-time feedback. Yes. Thank you in general for any sort of support that you give this podcast. I mean, be it just listening to it, be it, you know, following us on Instagram or Twitter or any of the things um, and participating in our polls. We really appreciate that. Yeah. It's pretty neat. It's pretty neat that there's people who listen to us. Yeah. 
think anybody would listen to me, my dumbass. I mean, even I don't listen to me. <laughs> I tell myself things every day. I'm like, you need to be doing this. You need to, you, you gotta get on your shit. I don't listen to myself. Right. Oh yeah. my god. But anyway, so uh, welcome to our podcast. Yes. Religion made me do it. I'm Raquel and this is Brenna. Yo. Yeah. We're going to be covering Jonah today. And the whale. Or the big fish. Depending on what translation you're reading. We found, like, in researching this that, like, it's kind of a pretty straightforward story, I feel. I've... Yeah, I don't have a lot to say. Yeah, I've seen people, like, cover it for, like, a long time. And people, like, I think there's the shock factor of the fish... And it's, like, a fun story to tell kids because they're like, oh, oh my, my god, god a fish. Giant, Like, I can't even imagine being swallowed by a giant fish. I don't know. I can. You can? Yeah. It's terrifying. It's a terrifying prospect. I don't feel like you would live. Hmm? I don't feel like no, you would No, I don't think you would live at all. And I think that's where some of the mythological aspects of the story come into play. Although, I'm not mad at God in this one. Like, uh, I feel like the only person here who's, like, kind of, like, shitty is Jonah. Yeah, I do agree that Jonah's shitty, but also... Like, Jonah's a spiteful bitch. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say spiteful. I think he's just confused. I don't think he's confused. I don't know. Okay, but we'll, like, dig into it, though, I guess. Yeah, so we can figure out what's going on here. Um, starting with... Chapter 1, Jonah flees from the Lord. Yeah, so basically, uh, I guess Jonah, who's like a known supporter of God Mm -hmm. and his mission. I think he's like a prophet. Quote unquote. Yeah. A minor one. Yeah. Um, So God basically tells Jonah to go to Nineveh to preach against the wickedness that's happening against God there. Mm -hmm. Um, And so (laughs) Jonah's just like, nah, bitch. And he's like... Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna run to Tarshish mm-hmm. to escape from well, you know it, God. It doesn't say when he first, like, whenever he first goes to Tarshish, why he's so afraid of spreading the message. And at first, you think it's because he is just afraid of like what they're gonna say or how they're gonna react. And so at first, I had a lot of compassion for him, but we'll see how this changes later. Yeah. Yeah. So he is going to Tarshish and in he has to stop in Joppa, which I guess is a port city. Yeah, and, so he can catch the train. <laughs> or the ship, rather. Yeah, the ship. Um, I also just liked including Joppa in there because, like, it's... Joppa the Hood. I was about to say, it sounds like Star Wars. <laughs> um, Haven't he, you never seen Star Wars? I've never seen Star Wars. Yeah. Not like, not like in a yeah, sit, sit down. Ryan bitch. is shaking sit his head. Down. So everybody is so ashamed of me because I've never seen any of the good movies, like any of the. Movies. I mean, they're not all great, but like, well, not great, but like you know the nostalgic ones. Oh yeah, no, yeah. those are good. Like yeah. there's some. Ooh, that scene with like Luke on um, Tatooine, and there's I like don't the know. the double sun shot. Oh man, Ooh. it's a great shot. Sounds nice. Um, but yeah, so he hops on that boat in Joppa to get to Tarshish, and God sends a great wind, so mm-hmm. big that it could break the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jonah was sleeping below. <laughs> yes. And the captain's like, bitch. <laughs> because, like, yeah, because all the men, all the, like, the crew members and the uh-huh. other people on this ship are, like, praying the fuck uh-huh. to, like, the different gods that they believe in to save them from this great wind. And they're so scared that they, like, throw the cargo off of the ship to make it lighter. Yeah. Which I don't know. I feel like if you're afraid of your boat capsizing, like, wouldn't you want it to be weighed down? Mm. I don't know. I don't understand the physics behind it. Well, if it's windy. Because, like, the boat can still, like, boop. Yeah. It'll capsize uh-huh. instead of just, you know, sinking. Okay. That's fair. Anyways, so they throw the cargo off the ship. Jonah's down in the hull, I think, is the bottom of the yeah, ship. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It sounds right. And so he's down below, and the captain's like, what the fuck? He's like, Jonah, you need to call out to your own god. And the sailors decide to cast lots to s- because at this time they're like, somebody on this ship must have done something to send this storm, and we got to see who it is. So I'm guessing they, like, roll dice or something. And then Jonah just really fucks up. He's like, I picked 10, and they rolled a 10. 
And so they start interrogating him, and they're like, who do you work for? And who do you worship? <laughs> but yeah, where do you, you worship? Come from? Who do you work for? Um, and he answers, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. But then this fucking, like, freaks them the fuck out. I guess, like, the word of God, or, like, the Hebrew people has, like, spread at this point. Right. And so they're like, ooh, we're scared of well, the mites of God. I think that they're more scared because, like, of course God, but they're like, what have you done yeah. to, like, cause this upon like this yourself. god must be real serious if he's sending this storm yeah which isn't you know just affecting you but the rest of us too yeah which i don't like yeah and so they ask him what he could have done to put them all in danger like this and the storm gets worse so they're like what should we do because you obviously got us into this mess so you're gonna get us out of it and, and he's like pick me up and throw me over <laughs> i like Jonah is like the most dramatic person, like one of the most dramatic people we've read about so far. Yeah, I mean he's like so he starts by like, sleeping. <laughs> Every he's like my life sucks. I'm just gonna try to sleep through this, and then he's like just throw me overboard. Fuck all this shit. Like I don't know. I feel like we need to like psychologically analyze this man and. I don't know. He probably needs some like Lexapro because <laughs> he keeps saying I don't know. he wants I to die. I feel like he needs a Xanax. Yes. Or some like <laughs> Maybe a combination of some things. Maybe sex. I don't know. Maybe probably sex. He's a prophet, so I don't know if you have to be celibate for that. <laughs> Jesus. And that's not yet. Not yet, I said. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> so paint off your brush. What? Oh my god, have you never seen the Dave and Ross video? No. Oh my god, it's a Bob what Ross parody. This? And he's like, get the paint off your brush. <laughs> Not yet, I said. <laughs> Jesus. I love Bob Ross. I need to watch some more Bob Ross. Anyways. Yeah, so... So he has to be thrown to the water. But then the men are like, well... We're gonna try not to do that. Like, <laughs> that, that seems, seems like a little extreme. That seems like a little bit excessive. Um, I so don't. I'm like, not gonna. Yeah. yeah. So they're like, we're gonna try our best to row back to land, um, but they couldn't because the sea like grew wilder. Yeah. Um, and then they cried out to the Lord, "Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not let us die." And hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, Lord, have done as you please. Why do they talk like that? I don't know. I'm just like on this South Park kick right now. <laughs> you wanna get high? Brendan's been gone since how long now, right? Over a week. Over a week. So Brenda's just been in an echo chamber with herself and Shiva. And Naruto. And Naruto. <laughs> so, in desperation... They call out to God for forgiveness, and then they throw Jonah in. Yeah, and because then, they're like, well, shit. Instantly, the storm becomes better, and so they're, and they're like, like, okay, I made the right choice. Uh-huh, and then they make a sacrifice to God. And make vows to him. Bum, bum, bum. And then basically chapter two. Before we get to chapter two, can we um, do a little potty break? <laughs> I'm sorry. I know we just started. <laughs> Christ. Yeah, sorry. Fine. I drink so much water. Get on. Go okay. on with you. Okay. Can we add elevator music right here? Um, so basically he's been, uh, God sends like a massive fish or whale or whatever to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three whole days. Yeah. And then he cries out to God, um, basically Salt. saying, <laughs> you looked out for, I mean, you're, if you're in the belly of a fish, what else are you going to do? There's no Hulu. I feel like no it's Netflix. like a great time to like, you know, reflect. Yeah. Self-reflection. But it doesn't smell very good though. No. I don't know. Depending on the kind of person you are, but. Smell? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what? Do we know. we need to like back up a minute? <laughs> like, why would that like depend on the kind of person you are? Like, maybe he's having some sinus issues. I maybe don't know. Maybe he likes it. Maybe maybe Ew. he. <laughs> Ew. He just has a thing for I it. I just like a ma- 
imagine perpetual like dog or cat breath, but like Ooh. it's like smells like bad fish because whale. God. And I'm like, no thanks. Gross. Okay. Um. Yeah. So, but it's like salty. Ugh. Yeah, it's like briny. <laughs> maybe just Jonas. Like maybe Jonas just like low on sodium. Same. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so he says like he it's it was a much longer chapter than this, but. My paraphrase was just that, like, you looked out for me when I was in the depths of darkness. I vow that I will make good the promise that I made to you. The whole, like, the rest of it reads like a story, but the second chapter reads like poetry. Yeah, it's very nice. Yeah, it's very nice. It's very beautiful. And I think that's part of, like, what most people refer to when they uh, talk about Jonah Outside of like I don't know like a Veggie Tales <laughs> sort of adaptation or something, hey, which also would be a really great episode to do. I like the Veggie Tales Jonah. I haven't. I don't. Well, I don't know if I watched that one. Yeah, I watched it a bunch. They have the pirates who don't do anything, oh, and they yeah. have a little song. <laughs> we are the pirates yeah, but, uh... who don't do anything. <laughs> yeah, but uh, basically, <laughs> so Jonah's like, when my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord. And my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Mm-hmm. And then the fish vomits Jonah up onto the dry land. And it's funny how, like, the, the story is infamous for Jonah, like, being swallowed by a fish. But that's, like, the shortest part of the story. I mean, the whole story is quite short. Yeah, right? the story is quite short. But, like, there's not a whole lot said about it. It's just, like, it happened. He was in there for three days. He cried out. And then he was out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so he goes on to dry land, and he's like, well, I should probably take this whole God thing more seriously, so... I'm gonna go to Nineveh. Yeah. And so proclaim he the message of God there. Mm-hmm. And it takes him three days to go through the city, um, and, like, every day he goes through proclaiming 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown. I'm picturing he's got one of those, like, the end is near signs. Oh, yeah, like, dude with a sign? Yeah. <laughs> he's got, like, a megaphone or, like, a drum that he's beaten on. And he's like, hear, hear ye. I don't know. It's not the medieval times. I don't know what he did. Well, like, he might have talked like that, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? It's probably not English. Um, yeah, but, um, so the Ninevites believed in God, and a fast was proclaimed, and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth for, like, mourning and repentance. Mm-hmm. Um, and when Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, um, he took off his robes and covered himself with sackcloth, too, and sat down in the dust. And... I thought that was a pretty big deal for the king, also, to be yeah. taking this so seriously. Right, because this is, like, him showing that he realizes that he's not... God. Yeah. I feel like this doesn't happen a lot in the Bible, where, like, people are just automatically like, okay, we believe you. you yeah, know? I mean, there's, like, a lot of bad kings in the Bible. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, we have Ahab. Yeah. And Jezebel. Yeah. And we have, oh, a Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. Um. I think it's funny that Jezebel is, like, a term for, like, a slut or something, and, like, she was wor- much, much worse than a slut, I guess, but I mean, everybody's, I don't like... Even, yeah, I think that's funny, too. We can also... We can study her sometime. I'd like to. Because, like, from what I remember, she's not, like, a slut. She's, like... She kills people. She kills people, but I think she may have had, like, a bunch of boyfriends or something. Well, so did the dudes. Exactly. So, fuck But I, I think it's funny that that term is used... Like, she fucking killed people, and everybody's like, oh, you're a slut, you're a Jezebel. <laughs> you right, know? yeah. 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 It's like, I don't know, calling somebody Hitler for having sex, liking much sex. You fucking Hitler. You fucking Hitler piece of shit. Well, <laughs> like, Hitler was a piece of shit. He really was a piece of shit. Um, anyway, but yeah, that's definitely a, a leap. Yeah. Anyway, so God um, sees that everybody's taking it seriously, so he relents and does not bring destruction because the they've given up their promised. evil ways. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. yeah. And and at this, this is where my compassion for Jonah fades. Because he becomes angry. And he's like, why did you spare the Ninevites? I'm like, why would you even go there and warn them if you wouldn't, if you didn't want them to be spared? But I guess this is why 
he fled to Tarshish in the first place because he secretly wished for the destruction of Nineveh and he didn't want to go because he just wanted them to, like... I don't know. Perish. I mean, I don't necessarily think that because then, like, that would be incredibly sinful, too. Yeah. For him, for and, him but to it, do, like, if... Because, but I it mean, was sinful. That's why God sent the storm and the whale and everything. That's true. But, like, I don't understand, like, I don't think that Jonah necessarily has, like, an another like connection to Nineveh other than that he's just been like told by God like I think it would be another like interesting thing like if he was like the lone Ninevite yeah or wait was Jonah a Ninevite I don't think so I just I don't understand no because he has to go to he's from it says at the very beginning it says but I didn't take it down he's an Ammonite I think Mm -hmm. yeah he's an Ammonite and so I just, maybe that's some important historical context that we're missing, why he would be upset with Ninevites or something, but, like, I just don't see any other reason that, like, he would be angry at the Lord for sparing the Ninevites if he didn't have something out for them. Right. And I mean, why would he flee from telling them this thing? Right. I mean, it is funny because, like, at the beginning of chapter four, which is the last one, mm-hmm. um, he, like, is, like, having, like, a monologue or, like... <laughs> He's praying to God and he's like, this isn't what I said, Lord, when I was still at home and like when I tried to forestall the fleeing to Tarshish and I mean, and then he says like, I know you're gracious and compassionate and slow to anger and abounding in love and one who relents from sending calamity. But Mm -hmm. like, okay. Wait, where does he say that? That's like in, that's verse one, verse one of chapter four. Or verse, no, verse two. Um, yeah. And he's praying, okay. and he's like, I know all these things, but, like, kill me. Because take away my life, for it's better for me to die than live. Yeah, and well, that's why I think that he is... Maybe he, he's just guilty. Because that sounds like, when he's like, for take away from my, my life, for it's better for me to die than live, it sounds like he feels guilty. Because, I mean, maybe he feels guilty that he just like basically said fuck you at the beginning to the Ninevites Mm -hmm. and then had like oh maybe I mean I don't know I don't want to think that like Jonah's a bad guy I think like he's a cowardly guy I guess okay but the first verse says but to Jonah this seemed very wrong when it says that like they he they were spared and he says this seems wrong yeah but like I don't know, but I, I guess I'm just confused at why he thinks it's wrong. He says, I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love. Who would relent from sending calamity? And that's why he fled. So maybe there's something between the Ninevites and the Ammonites. What is it? Ammonites, I think. Ammonites. Maybe there's like some sort of unspoken... Beef. Feud, yeah. Beef, if you will. <laughs> that... The Hebrews would have understood when in the historical context that this was written, but that we don't understand as people living on the other side of the world in a completely different time. Yeah, I just think it's funny that, like, he is angry, but then he's praying and he's like, I, God, I know that you're gracious and compassionate mm-hmm. and that you, like, show grace to people that have sinned an XYZ thing. Mm-hmm. And also, like, if he was going to get pissed, like, why would God? Why would God have sent him there in the first place to try to save these people? And if, maybe that was the test, though. Maybe that was like to see if he would get angry, kind of thing. Well, but I yeah, feel like it's like. Te- but I also feel like the test thing for him was more just like, is he going to go or not? Because that's well, like yeah. the majority of the story. If he's an Ammonite, and you know, there would be maybe his people would be angry at him if he went and tried to spare the Ninevites. You know, like maybe that's part of the, there really isn't enough context for us to understand, but I mean, maybe if we had a more historical context, we would understand it, but, um, but yeah, just taking the Bible at face value here for once. Yes. Uh But like, he, he is so distraught by this. He says, now Lord, take away my life for it is better for me to live than to die, to to die than to live. Right. But then God's like, is it right for you to be angry? And he has a point. Yeah, and I mean, okay, I was having, like, a conversation um, earlier this week, um, and I think it would be, like, a fun, you know, not fun, but, like, a very thought-provoking episode Mm -hmm. about, um, because I feel like in this podcast, we've definitely, like, talked on, like, the points that we don't understand 
But one of the points I was talking with some Christian friends of mine, we were just having a conversation about religion. Mm-hmm. Um, I consider myself to be agnostic, not atheist. Um, although I do um, lean towards some atheist tendencies, mm-hmm. um, if that makes sense. Um, For sure. But kind of talking about how um, a lot of things in the Bible, especially from like what we read, like we don't understand or it doesn't seem, it doesn't sit right with us. Mm-hmm. Um, but something that they brought up, which I think is like a good point, is that if you believe in God, you shouldn't really be expected to understand everything. Um, I have a problem with that. But maybe that I, that's why I don't believe in that sort of I thought. I did too, like when they were first telling me that, and I'm like, yeah, I have an issue with that, but also, especially like in the moments here, like when God gets angry, like if you're saying that this is the God that you believe in, and he does X, Y, Z thing to either punish you or to test you kind of deal, like with Abraham being asked to sacrifice his son, Isaac, mm-hmm. um, which doesn't really make sense at all because God finally grants Abraham and Sarah a son, even mm-hmm. though they're way too old to technically have children at this point in their lives. Mm-hmm. And they like begged for one, but she's like barren and X, Y, Z thing. Um, and so it was like a big deal that they had Isaac to begin with, but then God's like, nah, bitch. Yeah. And so I feel like a lot of it, and from this conversation that I was having, it's this whole, I guess, idea that you have to relinquish that you know anything, which is where, like, the Christian faith comes in. Yeah. But also, it's not just that. Like, the things that... They said that if you want to have a good relationship with the Christian God that they believe in and whatnot, or potentially, like, any... That you have to be able to give up the idea that you need to know because there's... But doesn't agnosticism fully encompass that? Doesn't the agnostic view of I don't know anything fully encompass the idea that you have to relinquish your understanding to whatever is out there, whether you believe or you don't believe or you feel like something's out there or maybe you feel like less like something's out there. Right, and that's where I am. Yeah, same. But for them and for people that believe, it's like even if you, you know, don't know for certain, you still have... I guess that it's almost like this, this idea that God's going to pick... Mm-hmm. anyway like the ones that did believe mm-hmm. because they had faith or like relinqu- relinquished this um very like physical and human trait of i need to know um even though but does it's not physically possible for but you doesn't to know? christianity grasp at wanting to know like it, it it grasps at this idea that god has spoken to us and has left us with text to follow yes but like i think that christians would be the first person to say that they don't understand a lot of things happening in the bible as -hmm. far as like understanding god's will because you know they always talk about well god has a plan for things and even if that plan doesn't make sense for you it makes perfect sense to god because Mm -hmm. it's his kind of deal Mm -hmm. um which is where the whole if you want to actually be happy and have faith in your religion you have to understand and come to the conclusion that you have to let go of the idea of knowing mm-hmm. God's will or reasoning. And so I think that that's similar to like in this story, like when God's like pissed at Jonah for being like, is it right for you to be angry? Because it's like the whole God can give and take away mm-hmm. thing similar, like with, you know, the Abraham and Isaac story, because of course it doesn't make sense to us why God would work so hard to give them a child. He didn't work that hard. He created the entire universe in seven days. I know, I don't mean like work hard, (laughs) but like gave them something just to be like the next few like years or whatnot. Nah, bitch. Mm -hmm. Like that doesn't, that doesn't like make sense. Yeah. But. I mean, there's the old adage that like God works in mysterious ways and. Yeah, but sure. I think that's like part of like what they were trying to explain. Like if you're expect if you're going to be happy in this relationship with 
you know, God, I guess, you have to be able to relinquish that humanistic idea that you need to know mm-hmm. what God's will is or plan for you is. Well, I mean, isn't the Bible like a blueprint? Isn't it like kind of like the one thing, I mean, to Christians, um, there are lots of different texts for different religions, but it's like the one thing for Christians to say, this is how I can understand the will of God. Yes, because I've seen how God works throughout history and I've seen how God works throughout this text. And, you know, people spend years and years and years analyzing it and trying to understand it and to only come up with the explanation that nobody knows what God wants or, you know, other than devotion. I I think that it's different trying to understand, like, God's will versus, like, understand how to be what God wants you to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's plenty that says what God wants you to be. Or, like, what you should strive to be as far as, like, what's considered, like, a righteous person in the eyes of God. But, like, yeah. I think that there's, like, a different level between that and understanding God's will, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'd say so. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. But that's because I just, I see this text and it doesn't feel like truth to me yeah so but for other people I guess that's you know part of their answer and when we were having this conversation you know they mentioned that it's not just like mere faith but like their signs too Mm -hmm. and I'm like okay and if that's the case I mean I believe in signs I do too but I guess like all the signs that I have gotten were from being liberated from this aspect of Christianity, not from following it. Yeah. I remember, I mean, like, I'd say I feel much more in touch with whatever's out there now than I did when I, quote unquote, worshipped God, the Christian God. It just, the Bible to me feels like a little bit of a crutch. But that's just my own personal view on it. And again, I don't have... I think there's so many parts of Christianity that are incredibly beautiful and worthwhile. And I mean, if you are a modern forward thinking Christian, then like kudos to you. Um, I have, I do have qualms with the Bible and I think that's the main part of it, which for some people is the core of Christianity, but yeah, for no. others, it's more of a, like, how did we get to this point with Christianity? You know, it's just a history. Almost. Yeah. And I guess for me, it's, like, more... I don't understand some aspects of, like, the Bible as far as, like, why does God choose to do X, Y, But I guess that's, like, why they, you know, mentioned to me, like, your purpose isn't, as, like, a believer, if you're choosing to believe, believe in this, isn't to understand God. Yeah. And that makes sense to me. I guess I'm the kind of person who feels a lot of power in understanding and some Well I'm of the also, Well, I'm of the opinion that like if God created us, like if you believe in a God and that he created us I and mean we're rational you, beings. And gave us the power to like understand. Uh-huh. Then that's like a key factor here. Why would you give a being the ability to understand but not any without wanting them to understand you yeah and i mean like as far as like proof goes i mean quote unquote proof i mean there's parts in the new testament where like god allows jesus to do miracles so that Mm -hmm. people will believe but like even then not everyone believed Mm -hmm. and i mentioned that to these people that i was having that conversation with and they were like well yeah some people did but like the majority still didn't They were just like, this is like witchcraft or like a bunch of shit. Mm -hmm. And so like, I feel like the difference between being righteous and these people that I was talking to about this is like the difference between trying versus being absolutely right. And I think that that's the aspect of like trying and realizing that you don't understand or even trying to understand and questioning it is kind of like the point of it, which I liked a lot. Yeah. If that makes sense. I like that. Um, not that, like, you shouldn't, like, continuously try, but because 
God, kind of like as exhibited in this story, is so compassionate and forgiving Mm -hmm. that like even if you fuck up, all you have to do is just be like, hey, God, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And I mean, he he acts in a compassionate way in several parts of the story. I mean, he spares Jonah from being eaten alive. Sure. Um, He has compassion on him for um, not... For not obeying him. He has compassion on the the sailors who don't, didn't originally believe in him. And he has compassion on the city. I mean, there's a hundred and, he says at the end, there's 120,000 people in the city of, so he, he spared 120,000 people from their own suffering, I guess, even though he was going to destroy the city, maybe. I don't know. But he was just like, no, I'm not going to do that since you believed in me. And so in this in this story, we have an instance of a compassionate God. And he asks Jonah, is it right for you to be angry? He asks him to give him clarification to understand. Maybe? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But, like, I also think that, you know, the comparison of, like, God was compassionate in this scenario also, like... This makes me think of the flood a lot, too. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean... God does basically obliterate the whole earth. Yes. Other than Noah's family. Yes. Because they're sinful. Mm-hmm. And I'm also like, well, if God, you know, has a plan or whatnot about later on, like, giving Jesus to save everybody if they want to be kind of thing. I'm like, where was that here at the beginning? Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. But that, I guess, goes back to the idea that you have to relinquish your understanding. And, I mean, I don't like belief in a specific thing that is just blind, you know? I know, and I don't either, but that's like, I guess, like, for the people that I was having this conversation with, it was like, well, that's like where the whole aspect of faith comes in. And I'm like, Mm right, right. But, I mean, I don't know. I feel like after a while you're having this conversation and then you end up, like, chasing your tail. Yeah. If that makes sense. Because everything comes back to, well, God works in mysterious ways. I'm not God. I'm going to relinquish my understanding on this one. Like, it's above me. It's kind of (laughs) like when people come in and they're, like, I'm a server. And when people come in and they're upset at me because of a certain thing, I just have to say, I'm sorry. I have no control over this. Right. I can't give you a reasonable thing for it, but I can try to make it up to you. Right. And I feel like that's maybe what some of the Bible tries to do. Is well, it's see, like I under like people don't understand something, but like here's our best judgment. Like our yeah, our best reasoning. For right. Like and I, and so like kind of like after like sitting on this conversation that I had I'm like, well, maybe to these people, it's not, like, how good or how hard you tried to, like, understand God's word. But it's, like, A, you tried. Mm-hmm. And because you tried and because God is great and loves you and is forgiving and shit, you good. Mm-hmm. And that the hardest part here isn't necessarily doing the things in the Bible, but relinquishing your understanding as a human being to try to understand and quote unquote, be God. Mm -hmm. But if you're like relinquishing understanding, couldn't you just also relinquish like this sense that you have to try to earn God's love? And I know most Christians do not believe, and this is uh, like something I understand. That's like, like, you, most Christians don't believe that you have to try to earn God's love. But a lot of people behave in a way that tries to earn God's favor. Or that they feel, well, like if they behave in a righteous way, it will, things will go well for them due to this. Right. Well, if, when I was a Christian, and I don't think that, you know, the way I was raised versus this conversation that I was having with these people line up in like a lot of ways. I think like generally, yes, but... More, like, deeply? No. But I was always taught that, like, God may love you unconditionally, but that doesn't mean he's going to accept you if you don't put in the effort. But how is that unconditional? And that's, like, where it gets me. Yeah. Because, I don't know, it it gets me with that because it's, like, 
if God creates heaven, and he's also like the person that, if you want to believe that God creates all and whatnot, and that also means that he created Satan and hell and, you know, that too, um, even though God can't quote unquote be near evil quote unquote um but also like if even he, though omnipotence if he had, means that you're around all of it right and, and it's like even you know if you believe god has the power to do anything which i believe that most people do um if they believe in god i feel like that's relatively universal mm-hmm. um which is why we call it god mm-hmm. um there's like no reason then to have this at all yeah, like, we could have been done with the evil a long time ago. Yeah. But I guess that goes back to, I'm going to relinquish my understanding about, like, why God has chosen to allow evil to exist for so long. Or, but it also, like, I feel like it's also co- co-intied, or tied, coincides. coincides with the idea that God gives us free will. So then I guess there needs to be punishment if we don't choose right, I guess. I don't know. Why can't there be free will to choose only good things? Like, like only good things exist, but you have free will to choose which of the good things you'd like, you know? Well, like, because maybe it's like, if everything was good, we wouldn't recognize that it was all good. But we, kind of if, like if need... everything was good and everything was holy and we ourselves were also holy, we wouldn't have that sense of jealousy or envy or we wouldn't have the, the capacity to even see, like, to, to feel any sort of darkness or evil that... Does that make well, sense? It, well, it wouldn't exist at that point. Exactly. If it doesn't exist, and then it wouldn't exist within us, and we would be happy with our lives, whatever way they were. I don't know. I don't know. But I think that it's interesting. Yeah. And also simultaneously confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, especially for me, um, because that was always kind of, uh, I don't know. I don't know. For me, agnosticism seems like one more relinquishing of that step, you know, like you, like for me, at least like these people that you're talking with, they say that they relinquish their understanding because that helps them better understand God. Okay, cool. For me, that means relinquishing this book. It means relinquishing this blueprint of a faith. No, same for me. And exactly. that was and that was my talk with them. I was like, I know that you are basically where I am, but because you have received quote unquote signs that this is the right choice for you, mm-hmm. but because I don't feel like I don't feel like I will ever have that, or necessarily even should. That that means that I should be, and if we're never, you know, allowed to know mm-hmm. what is actually right, because we have to give up our understanding either way, because there's just some things that we'll never understand. No. And that, that's like a universal concept. Mm-hmm. Um, that I would, I feel more safe and righteous with my choice to admit that I don't know anything at all. And I don't know that the and Christian no name right. That you can and put I don't to know that. that the Christian God is right. I don't know that the Hindu God is right. I don't know. And the reason that they do is because they have quote unquote signs. Okay. I mean, there are people who have signs from every religion that tell yeah. them why they should believe theirs. I mean, and I feel like agnosticism is just another example of that. Like for right. me, I've seen, I've had signs. That make me feel like, okay, this is the place that I'm supposed to be at. No, same and, for me. Like, I believe that I believe that there's truth in every single religion. And I, I mean, that's, that's why we continue to say, like, this is not, like, exclusively a religion bashing podcast. We have our own opinions because we're people and we are fall- fallible. But, like, we have opinions and we tend to focus on Christianity just because that's our viewpoint. Right. Um, well, sometimes I'm like where thinking, we're both coming from out of it. Right. And because of that, sometimes I'm like thinking about that, you know, and if like everybody has their own signs that, you know, like this is right. And that if everybody like quote unquote lives to like the, the general, like the generally good level, like of doing yeah. good deeds and X, Y, Z thing, I'm like, maybe this is all just like a test for everybody. Yeah. And it's not about like 
what specifically you believe, but just that you tried or like yeah. gave a fuck. Yeah. Like, did you want to be a good person? I don't know. I feel like that's pretty important. Because I feel like even if you believe in God, like what, there's like still what an extent that's like there, what justice is there out is out there for the people if you're coming from a Christian viewpoint for the people who live a very good and righteous life, very morally upright, you know, did not quote unquote sin. I mean, everybody sins, but like, where is the justice? Yeah, is it justified for them to go to hell just because they just didn't because believe they this? didn't believe in this one facet of God that I honestly view as like it's almost offensive. It's almost like an offensively narrow-minded view of God based yeah, on no. historical text. And that's like what I grew up, you know, being surrounded by that like if you do not follow the specific facet of God, then God will turn his face away from you kind of and thing. And that's just not the God that I know. Yeah. And it's not the one that sent me signs and that I believe And that's in. why, like, sometimes I'm like, I bet we're all just, like, under God's microscope. Yeah. And this is just, like, a game. Yeah. <laughs> if, depending on the day, if I decide to believe in God or a God. Sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I go in between, like, the cusp of atheism and agnosticism, but here we are. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But I thought that the conversation that I had with these people was very thought-provoking. And kind of applicable to the story because, I mean, we have a God here who is very compassionate. And we have a God here in this story specifically that is asking Jonah, like, why are you so angry that I did a good thing? You know, like, why... Or why are you so angry when you don't know the half of it? Mm-hmm. Why are you so angry? And uh, I guess we haven't gotten into the, into the plant, so I'll just wrap it up. Um... So he asks Jonah if it's right for him to be angry. And so Jonah goes out and he sits at a place east of the city, makes himself a little shelter and sat in its shade. God provides a leafy plant to grow up over him and make him feel better. It eases his Heals him from the sun. Mm-hmm. And Jonah's happy about the plant. But the next day, God provides a worm that chews the plant through and causes it to die. And when the sun rises again... Um, the sun burns down on Jonah's head, and he said, it would be better for me to die than to live. And also, that's another very dramatic um, point right. from Jonah and why he should probably be on Lexapro. Because, too. because he's like, it's too goddamn sunny out. <laughs> he's me. He gets that <laughs> seasonal depression but during the there, summer. He's been there for a day. Like, he's been out here for a day. And also, he's like actively waiting for this town's destruction like he's not just like okay cool i did my thing i'm gonna go back and live my life and so god asks jonah is it right for you to be angry about the plant he says it is and i'm so angry i wish i were dead and the lord says you have been concerned about this plant that you did not tend it or make it grow it sprang up overnight and died overnight and should i not have concern for the great city of nineveh in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left and also many animals and i think i don't know i like the god in this story that kind of um he kind of gets on to jonah about like him being such a spiteful bitch, I guess. Like, well, I feel like there's also an aspect here that Jonah at this point thinks he knows better than God. Yeah, and so God sends this plant and he automatically takes it away because he's like, I can provide good things for you, but you're being so stubborn and right. you're dismissing them, you know? Right. And not, not being grateful, I guess, for it. And so it's almost like a kid who is behaving badly and so like you have to take away their toy that you gave them yeah you know and so i don't know i i don't have very many qualms with god in the story mostly because like this god is like questioning and he is kind of leading jonah to this conclusion well rather yeah. than making an assumption and killing him off because he's being spiteful right. or something you know Right, which I mean, I think that we've seen God do in other situations. Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, which is why I do like this story better than others. Yeah. Um, I don't know. 
Yeah. I mean... Maybe it's because God can already read Jonah's heart. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. But... We'll never know. No, and I guess we have to relinquish the idea that we'll ever know. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. But... Yeah, I just wanted to share that. Yeah, I liked that. I felt like it was a good discussion um, about just, like, why people believe what they believe. And I feel like right. I that's, mean, that's what we're trying to get at right. with and so I mean, much of this. Like, this conversation that I had, you know, with these people definitely had some rocky points. But, I mean, I feel like that's kind of... The point. Yeah. I feel like no relationship, whether it's a friendship, you know, maybe it is a, like significant other or your family like I feel like the point of a relationship sometimes are to have these hard conversations because it helps you understand yourself better and it helps you understand life better right you know not all conversations need to be like peachy and we all agree or even the opposite where like we know that we disagree but like we're just gonna act like we we don't believe these things, right. you know, that are so different because we know that they're going to turn into a screaming match because I, and I think that's where like, I mean, specifically with some people in my life who believe that I have, I guess, gone astray maybe, um, or that I'm being hurtful because of this podcast. Um, I guess that's where I kind of wish that there was some like understanding understanding um and more civility because right well i mean i feel like having difficult conversations i mean is more fruitful and um helps me understand what i think better mm-hmm. um but there's some people that i just can't talk about it to because they don't want to listen they don't want to mm-hmm. have this conversation because they feel threatening, maybe? Perhaps. And I feel or like... that they're just disappointed that I don't see it their way. And it makes them sad. But I guess if they feel sad for you that you don't feel that way, that in some way is like almost a little bit like a threat that they're losing you. Yeah, but I also... Because that comes from fear. Yeah, but I also understand it, too, because, like, if somebody believes so wholeheartedly that, you know, their way is right and that if you do anything other than that, then you're going to a bad place. Mm -hmm. I get that. Yeah. It's like their way of trying to protect you or save you. And that makes sense. And I I guess I, I almost appreciate it, but it comes with this caveat that there's not listening happening. Well, it's also like, I can't just believe something just because you want me to. Mm hmm like, I mean, I could, but that wouldn't be real. Mm-hmm. I would still be judged of, like, what's in my heart <laughs> versus just, me just trying to please you. I think it speaks novels, people's reaction when you're having these difficult conversations. Um, I mean, you wouldn't respect somebody who automatically flies off the handle the second that you disagree with them when when it comes to most other things and I question like why that seems to be okay sometimes when we're talking about hard things like religion and politics and it makes me like feel very much less respectful of somebody's point of view when those sort of conversations happen because it's like why if you feel so emotionally turbulent because of this and the second that any sort of like um, dismissal of your belief makes you so like unreasonably angry. Well, I, guess... I, think it, I think it's like you said, I think it's the fear. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, like talking about religion, I mean, this is like life and death conversation. It is. Here. I mean, it's, like, a lot different versus, like, if you, like, disagree on, like, dogs or cats Mm -hmm. or whatever. And for a lot of... It's the same thing with politics, too. It's, like, very... It feels life or death because it's, like, this is the my my way of life that is being threatened. Yeah, or, like, this is how my livelihood Mm -hmm. is being put Mm -hmm. for the next four years or whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, And I get that. I just... I don't know. I mean, I'm just tired of... Things not being fruitful because people are so afraid of, I guess, admitting that they could be wrong. 
which I feel like having conversations about this and hard conversations, like you have to like admit to yourself at least to an extent that mm-hmm. I could be wrong. Uh-huh. And that's like, a, that's a lot of vulnerability, not even to other people, but just to, to yourself. yourself. And, you know, if it's like life and death conversations, like religion or politics, even like the idea that you could be wrong, like makes you feel like I could die. Uh-huh. Like this is death for me. Yeah. Or like if, you know, if I admit that I was wrong, like I could go to hell because I was wrong. Yeah. And I mean, even going back to politics a little bit, like... For me, like, I came from a very conservative household and seeing how, like, people even in my, like, extended family were treated as, like, Democrats or liberals or something, like, it made me very scared to, like, try to believe that I could be wrong or that there could be any other way of believing in things. And, I mean, now I tend to lean blue, but, like... I consider myself to be very moderate because I think on both sides, just like in any side of a conversation, whether it's politics, religion, whatever, like when there is so much dismissal of the other person's point of view that you don't even have that conversation with them or you can't have that conversation, it makes me wonder how much strength and how much reason is behind your position. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyways, that's that. Good talk. Very good talk. Um, Jonah's a little bitch. <laughs> or I think he is a little bit. But I think he's confused. He's very confused. I think he is. I think he needs some Lexapro. <laughs> For sure. Or some maybe Zoloft. he just maybe he really likes plants like. He just really, really likes plants, and he was very sad. He's that plant plant life support, bro. Oh, my God. (laughs) He's got, like, the very classic, like, Pinterest picture of, like, like the bohemian sort of, like, like lifestyle. And, like, your, your house is very, like... I don't know, aesthetically pleasing. It's, like, very minimal, but you got fucked into plants. That's my aesthetic, I feel like. Yeah. White countertops and, like natural looking wood <laughs> oh yeah well thank you so much for listening to this as always yeah dm us or email us at religion made me do it at gmail.com or on instagram at religion made me do it or on twitter at religion made me for sure thank you to brian mm-hmm. for all the work as that always. you do for us um I hope that everybody has had a safe and happy holiday. For sure. However you plan on spending that, whether it be apart in quarantine or together with family. Mm-hmm. And when you listen to this, New Year's is going to be in like three days. So. Oh, shit. Be safe. Party it up. Be safe. Have Hopefully a New Year. socially distanced. Um, because it is 2020. Yeah. The year of our Lord and Savior. Um, and maybe global demise i don't know i don't know this anymore (laughs) we have to relinquish our understanding yeah yeah Uh, but thank you so much for listening and um hope you have a wonderful night morning whatever it is drive to work we'll be back in the new year yo we will be back in the new year fuck yeah that's so weird hopefully 2021 one is going to be so much better. <laughs> yeah, maybe there's like a little light been. at the end of the tunnel. Maybe. Maybe not. I'm feeling hopeful about the vaccines, but not hopeful enough. Yeah. We'll see. Bye. We'll see you soon. Bye.